what does it take to build a home? What does it take to build a home away from home? And what does it take to build a home away from home you cherish so much you would cry if you ever had to give it up? Bienvenue, mon ami. I am Nick. I'm your resident interior designer, a serial expert living currently in my sixth country, and your humble host on this podcast that is all about creating homes that celebrate la joie de vivre. That means celebrating your joy of and your joy for life so that you'll have a place you truly feel you belong to. And this is season three. And this time around, I will be exploring everything concerning the topic of change because we are post-COVID-19. And it's safe to say, life has changed for all of us. And the question is, how have you lived through this massive phase of change? Let's talk about how we can make change work for us. I'll be examining it from all different angles because it's quite complex, n'est-ce pas? And as every season, I'll be inviting some kick-ass guests from all walks of life with all sorts of professional expertise and personal wisdom to tickle the best out of this topic. Hi, and welcome back to part two of my little guide on how to celebrate enoughness during the holiday season. In this episode, I want to talk to you about three points. A, the fact that the real-life experience of Christmas can actually really suck and how not to be the source of your own sucking experience. B, a link between enoughness and gratitude we often tend to forget. And C, finally, a simple design rule to decorating with enoughness in mind so that your home looks sophisticated and neither too little nor too over-the-top decorated but just well-balanced. Last week, I invited you to try on the idea of essentialism. Do as little as possible, but as much as needed to make your celebrations memorable. And my two main filters are significance and activation. What would bring you and your loved ones the most emotional satisfaction? And how can we make it easy, fast, and pleasurable to start and implement? And if we talk about emotional satisfaction, then more, more, more is a great and easy place to start. But it leaves us disappointed and craving depth if it's the only thing we do, because even though you might have had moments of personal bedazzlement, having purely more physical sensations doesn't bring us closer to other people, which is what we really care about during the season, right? So last week, I introduced you to the four quality filters our human brain uses to decide whether or not an experience, a moment, is worth spending storage space on. Is it memorable? Those filters are elevation, pride, insight, and connection. If you want more info on them, go back one episode. Then I moved on to offering you to see your holidays as an event that has a process and it can be prepared and organized. And because we're exploring essentialism, I told you about the three cornerstones you should focus on to make the event manageable and easy to handle. Well, that's twice the same. Never mind. If you focus only on those three and choose any pairing of two or more of the four quality filters, you'll be golden. Chances are more than good that your people and you yourself will end up feeling really good about this time. Well, but did you see what I just did there? 
I named these two episodes Celebrating Enoughness. And what I did was give you a lesson in what we could also call process optimization. Now, isn't that a sterile way to put this? Celebrating enoughness is about embracing who you are and having the courage and be okay with not adding any fake glitter just to be able to show up. Celebrating enoughness is about accepting flaws and all and still unapologetically loving yourself and showing up as such. I am enough. Drafting and recording this episode, though, this last one, I did not feel enough myself. I only stuck to the knowledge I have learned from others, where there is research to back it up, and that I have tested myself and I have let others test and give me feedback on. I stayed pretty safe. Now, there is nothing wrong with staying safe. This podcast is, in fact, part of my business, and as such, its function is to prove to you that I know my shit. This podcast is a performance act. Not in the sense that it's fake or that I'm presenting myself differently than I actually am, but it is literally edited. It's drafted, it's practiced, then it's rescripted. Oh boy, do I spend time scripting it right. And then finally, it's edited to give you the best listening experience I can give you. Long story short, what I'm trying to say here is... I was talking about celebrating enoughness, yet I didn't feel good enough to give you the unpolished version of myself. Yes, this episode too is scripted. So I want you to know that the holidays are a huge trigger for me. Many things are still super overwhelming. I love December 1st to 23rd and then 26th to January 3rd. But I dread December 24th and 25th. They give me anxiety. I'm tense. I'm stressed. I have big emotional trauma tied to those days. And I really have to focus to keep my shit together during that time. But that's okay. I'm home. I'm safe. I know my limits. I have my boundaries in place. And I do not have to perform or podcast for that matter on those days. Which brings me to one of my personal truths I have learned in life that I'm biased about and that I hear confirmed with every person I talk to when it comes to emotional, stressful situations. Let me share this with you and see if you have made the same observation. So, we get stressed internally by the things we want to do to make Christmas memorable, but have actually no or little practice doing. Doing the things we do rarely stresses us. But we then tend to explode, so have the outward visible reaction of losing our shit around the things we do regularly in our daily life, but then fall short to provide on that special occasion. So we do not get to be great at doing the things we're already really good at. And that's because... The things that we are already good at, our strength, is what feels basic to us when we want to plan for a holiday that we want to be special. So we don't pay as much close attention to detail, to preparation, or to time needed to get it done. 
And if we delegate those tasks, then we often don't explain enough to the person we delegate the task to. We forget that our strength is not their strength and that our ease of skill might not be their sweet spot. I gave you the example of me being a good cook in the last episode. There have been Christmases, though, in the past where I was so focused to be the perfect hostess for my husband's French family and I did all the things except cooking. My husband is a good cook, but not as good as I am. I had left him with the ingredients and the recipes in the kitchen. And then I took his family on a perfectly planned Christmas walk around the town playing tour guide. I came home stressed and exhausted from people pleasing and still playing perfect daughter-in-law whilst trying to smile it all away. And then surprise, surprise, I broke out in tears because the duck that my husband has cooked was okay, but it was not perfect. The veggies were overcooked and the potato puree, (laughs) well, let me put it this way, the French might know about fries, but they do not know about saffron-infused kartoffel puree. Think back on your Christmases that didn't go according to plan, where you or someone you love lost it over stuff that did not seem like such a big thing. Could it be because the stress was built up doing things you or they usually don't do, but then exploded around something that you or they are usually known to be really good at? Such an explosion seems excessive, but it's understandable. We want to please. We want to serve others, but we get sidetracked by all the shiny things we could do but have no practice doing. And then the tension releases when we don't get to please, don't get to serve, and don't get to shine around the things we do regularly, we do well, and we want to turn out great. Now, that is why I recorded last week's episode. Yes, it's about designing fancier moments. Yes, it's all about process optimization presented as badassery. And yes, it's an edited monologue of me chirping away on the stuff I know really well. Design, home, and human behavior at home. But it's not meant to be high fashion, haute couture event management. It's about you tapping into you, doing as much as needed, but as little as possible to cut out the shiny but shitty bits. Speaking about shitty bits, yes, I'm a designer. Yes, I love pretty stuff. And yes, I love me the glitz and glamour of the season because I'm good at it. Elevation is my jam. But boy, do I get frustrated when people feel defeated by this elevation part of the holidays. Boosting the sensory appeal and making what is our ordinary home During the year, extraordinary through festive decoration should be fun, not stress or dissolution. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll put up a tree so no one can say I didn't try. But actually, I don't even try. I honestly believe that commerce and advertising 
and all the over-the-top decor are not helpful. They're not seducing us to buy more. They're bullying us to buying more. Instead of getting us motivated to decorate, they cause even more disappointment because of what I like to call the buffet effect. Let me explain. Have you ever been on vacation where your hotel offered continental-style breakfast? It's this huge buffet where you are presented with literally everything one could have for breakfast. Cereal, boiled eggs, scrambled eggs, bacon, sausages, cheese, bread, charcuterie, yogurt, fruit salad, coffee, tea, juice. (sighs) You get the gist. It's utter decadence and indulgence. And it's fun while you're staying there. But once you come home and all you have is just bread or just cereals, it feels sad. You can't help but wish you'd be back there in this other place. And I think it's sad that we feel sad about being back home. So the same happens during the Christmas holiday season. Wherever you look, there's a buffet of what a rich, luscious Christmas home could look like. And then you come home. And whether you bought or didn't buy stuff, you look around and, well, it looks less than what you saw out there. So what helped me to get over the urge to ravage buffets at hotels whilst on vacation was the info that those buffets are highly wasteful. And by overindulging, I become part of this unsustainable cycle of overconsumption, food waste, And finally, killing the planet. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't want to be that person. If you're anything like me, then knowing about my personal consequences, that I shouldn't overeat during my stay at the hotel, has very little effect on my conscience. Yes, okay. So if I overeat, I'll be coming home with X amount of kilos more on the scale. And maybe I feel a little bit shitty and bloated for a week or so. But hey, YOLO, you only live once. Reminding me on how I am part of a global problem, though, and actively participating at the destruction of the planet when it's so easy to act smarter. Well, that gets to me. So let me do the same for you when it comes to Christmas decorations. If you are struggling every year with overbuying junk you don't need or already have in a slightly different version, then, my friend, you are being an ungrateful little brat. You don't have to be religious in order to crave and care for a deeper meaning of the end of the year. I'm not religious myself. But I assume since you are listening to this and stopped your search at a title that contains the words enoughness, that you are someone who actually has it quite good in life and is struggling rather with mental and emotional overload than, economically speaking, not having enough. And if that is true, then you heard others say this before. The simplest way to feel better about what is happening in your life is to practice gratitude. So if overspending and yearly buying stuff you already have is a thing you do, try on the thought that buying more, even though you have the means, is not a kind thing to do. Not for the planet, not for yourself, not for social 
equity, equality, for none of those. Buying each year more junk is the opposite of gratitude. You don't need it, you don't really want it, and it will not make the holiday experience any better than the one last year. It will just add more stuff to look at, to manage, and to store away. More is not better. It's just more. Try it on. See if this way of thinking fits your style. If not, leave it. Which brings me to my final point I want to make. Okay, never mind what I said before. Getting your home ready is fun and can build up the good kind of anticipation if we go about it mindfully and think of essentialism. So I want to offer to you to try on a very simple rule to decorate on a budget, but not giving up anything when it comes to pizzazz. Take it from me, someone with a natural talent as well as formal education in visual bedazzlement of people. My number one tip on how to add more wow and still be in alignment with essentialism is the three, two, one rule. See? Style and sophistication don't come from doing or adding more, but from doing less and adding the right pieces that make the right kind of wow difference. Sophistication is the ability to recognize, make, and enjoy finer distinctions. Or, in other words, it's about being pickier, more exclusive, it's about drawing lines, and saying more often no than Yes. Then, when you do find things, or people for that matter, that still make the cut, it's about saying decisively yes. It's about going all in, about not being shy, and about being dramatic, which means nothing else but aim for the heightened emotion, not the average one. Yeah, that's nice. Nice. Ugh. Nice doesn't well anyone, least of all you. So when it's about decorating your home for Christmas, you want it to be easy, but still good looking. And you don't need each and every item to be a highlight or statement piece, but you need to build up, let's call it an orchestra of items that can build a crescendo. It's like in any good movie. There is one or two main characters that drive the story. Then there is a small group of people supporting those roles. And then there is a whole lot of background actors that help to create an atmosphere. But seriously, nobody ever pays actively attention to them. So let me explain the rule by taking color as an example. Three out of six parts, so 50%, should be the most neutral color you have. That's your canvas background, and that's where you start playing on, and that will set the mood. Two out of six parts, so roughly 35%, should be a stronger, more intense accent color. Those are your supporting actors in your decor movie. One out of six parts, and seriously, not ever more than 15%, should be the bling bling, full on glitz or shiny wow, big ass statement pieces. Three, two, one. Or for those people who like percentages more, 50, 35, and never more than 15. Three, 
to one. You can do that with color, glitz, size of items, amount of items. Have fun with it. My home, for example, the base color is creamy beige. Imagine pistachio shells. That's my baseline color in my home. My supporting color is milk chocolate brown. So decor pieces in leather, brown craft paper, pine cones, or gingerbread. Literally, all these inexpensive things that I can work with. My main actor is gold. Some things are matte, some shiny, a few are glitz, or, you know, full-on luminous shiny. Remember, not more than 15%. Three, two, one is the rule you want to run with if essentialism speaks to you and you want a harmonious, calm, and settled-looking home with just the right amount of strategic sophistication. (sighs) Okay, so let me recap this episode for you. Christmas is not just joy's amazement and commercially promotable wowness. Yes, we love the cheesy Christmas movies because they give us an emotionally sugar-coated hiding place for an hour or two of what can be in real life a lot more fucked up than pretty or romantic. No amount of glitter, sugar, or perfume, literally and figuratively speaking, in the world will make the holiday great for you If life just sucks and you don't feel good enough or strong enough or loved enough during this time. So the idea of designing a better Christmas is ridiculous if you think of it as an haute couture, high fashion kind of event. Well, unless that's your aspiration, of course. But for the rest of us who crave to do as little as possible while still experiencing or Because of that, experiencing all the depth and who wants to confidently say what I did to make this season memorable is enough. Well, feel into what usually triggers you. Do the things you're already good at. Don't get tempted to do the shiny but shitty bits you have no practice doing. Say no way more often than yes. But when you say yes, don't be shy about it. Just think of the three, two, one rule. And then remember that our brain has four quality filters, not just one, four. And that you only have to pay attention to three cornerstones in Christmas as an event in order to make your holidays a pleasure to remember. D'accord, c'est tout, c'est bon, c'est moi. Um, wait, one more thing. I will host in February a bootcamp that is all about designing a beautiful essentialism embracing space and teaching you how to rediscover the love for the items you already own, how to arrange them beautifully and love the junk that doesn't add beauty or value confidently out of your home. No, you won't be buying any new stuff. This is the love the shiz out of your home bootcamp. Sounds good to you? Well, then you should sign up and get on a waitlist and then we'll make enoughness a theme for 2022 together. All right. If today's episode resonated with you, if you found value in it, please leave me a review. 
This truly makes a difference in getting found by the right people. And if you feel gracious, please consider this episode worth sharing with your friends or just that one person you feel would profit most of it. As for now, I stay your enthusiastic but humble designer friend at a home worth having. Talk to you soon. I wish you enough. A bientôt. Nicole.